This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you um, with an excellent guest. I'm looking forward to uh, bringing her on the show. Um, I hope you caught last week's show. Really had a fascinating conversation. Um, with my guest. And, and, and if you missed it, please go back to our archives. You can always uh, catch the most recent episodes of, of the Conscious Consultant Hour on talkradio.nyc. And for older episodes, you can see us on all the podcasting platforms. Okay, so before I introduce my guest, of course, uh, first I have um, the, my section of my book, uh, Everyday Awakening. And uh, let me, there it is. Um, so let me uh, read this little section from the book and we'll get going. And so this section is called, the group dynamic is always a reflection of our internal dynamic. When we work with others as a profession or an avocation, we sometimes thinks, think it's all about them. Actually, it's all about us. When we work with a group, whether it's our tribe, our online following, our bowling league, the group has come together because of a common energy. The issues that arise are issues for everyone in some way, not just an issue for one. It does not matter if you're a workshop facilitator, a healer, a shaman, an athletic coach, a teacher, or an executive consultant. The faces may look different, the clothes or uniforms may be far apart, yet the underlying energy and patterns are still present. If we find ourselves getting annoyed at someone in the group who is not contributing or participating fully, then we must ask ourselves, how am I not contributing or participating? If we notice someone not doing their work or ignoring homework for a class, then we must ask, how am I not doing my own work? The group reflects the individual and the individual reflects the group. It cannot be any other way or else we would not be part of that particular group or they would not be with us. The issues are the issues different members of, the, of a group are confronting may not be directly correlated. For example, perhaps the issue is that someone is being cheap with you, even though you are generous with your friends, you have something in common because you are cheap with yourself or your family. That's your version of the same issue. 
We just need to learn to be more figurative in our interpretations of our reflections and not quite so literal. It is not easy to see our own issues reflected back to us in the behavior of other people. In fact, one of the hardest lessons to learn is that it's all our issue in some manner. Where do you see your issues being reflected back to you? Where can you see what is going on inside of you showing up in the people around you? So this section of my book I wrote uh, a while ago, and it was after having a conversation with a friend of mine when we were in a group setting. And he was the one who, who and he was kind of, um, he works with, with, with uh, uh, professional organizations, helping teams and stuff. Um, uh, and, and he was the one who kind of brought out this, this idea. And we were just kind of joking about it and looking at the different people in the group we were with. And, oh, see, so-and-so's like this. Oh, yeah, I got that. Oh, so-and-so's like that. Yeah, I got that. And we just kind of laughed about it. But afterwards, I realized it's really actually a very profound concept. When a group comes together, there's a certain energy, there's a certain underlying thing that pulls those particular people together. And that energy, it permeates everything around the group. And we may think we're showing up differently than other people. And we probably are. And there is also some way we're showing up the same. May not be on every single aspect, may not be on exactly the, the one thing that's triggering us. But in some way, we're similar to all the people in the group. And how the group is reacting as a group. It's a reflection of all the individuals. So if the group is short-tempered, it's because people in the group are short-tempered. If, if the group is, is kind of divisive, then in some ways we're divisive. But if the group is coming together and working together and, and being understanding of each other, it's because we're being understanding of ourselves and the other people in the group. So it's not something that is purely in the other person. It's always something that is within us. But as I mentioned before in this section, it's not always so literal. It's not a necessarily a direct correlation that just because they're like this with the people in the group, you're like that with the people in the group, but maybe you're like that with yourself, or maybe you're like that with your family, or maybe you're like that with your friends, or maybe you're like that in, in some other situation. It is always an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves. This is not to take it like, oh my God, I got so much work to do. Oh, this is going to be so tough. No, 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 no. This is just how to notice the real gold, the juicy parts for us to understand more about ourselves and how deep and rich and complex creatures we really are. 
So anyway, I hope you uh, like this little section of my book. I think it's rather apropos for, for uh, my guest today. And of course, if you haven't gotten my book yet, you can always find it at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. And we're on all the major booksellers and, and, and we're in distributors. So even if you like love going to one of those local independent bookstores, which I love to do, you can ask them to order it. They can get it, really, they can. All right, so now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show uh, Katie McManus. Um, she's a business strategist and coach, and her motto is stop being a weenie, which reflects her belief that anything can be accomplished with a little bravery. And we're going to be talking about uh, being brave today. She's a straightforward business strategist and coach who believes in empowered decision making. She believes that any goal can be reverse engineered and reveal and revels in creating customized plans to get there with a background in B2C, which is business to the consumer and business to business sales. Katie is trained as an executive in executive coaching and leadership development at the Coactive Training Institute in San Rafael, California. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Katie. Thank you so much for that introduction, Sam. And um, I loved that reading from your book. Um, it brought to mind to me, you know, this core belief that I learned in coaching is that what you can't be with will continue to show up in your life and will continue to, to really test you. And that's often what happens in groups is, you know, if there's something that we can't be with, it's guaranteed someone else is bringing that to the group and you have to learn how to be with it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's just so funny because we so often think that like, you know, when something about somebody triggers us, we always think it's about the other person. And, and to me, it was such a, such an aha moment and, and actually such a relief um, when, when it, I kind of learned this whole lesson of, no, it's, it's, it's never about the other person. It's always about us yeah. Be, because we have control over that. Because the thing is, if it is about the other person, they're an independent sovereign being. You can't do anything about that. But if it's about us, right, we can always change ourselves. Absolutely. You know, um, some of my clients get to the stages where, you know, they run their business and they're at the point where they're hiring employees and they really have to learn how to manage. And that's one of the hardest things in the world, especially when you're handing off responsibility for your business, which you've poured your heart and soul into. Mm. And oftentimes they'll come to me and, you know, have a problem with an employee or a contractor. And it's all about that person. And my favorite thing to say is, okay, great. They're not on this call. And they're also, <laughs> you know, a, a naturally creative, resourceful and whole human being in their own right. And we can't fix them, but how do you want to show up in your own leadership here? Right. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's where we have choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Some four-legged friends here uh, <laughs> where good. I am. So they like they like to contribute to the show. Too. Oh, yeah. And they just want to make sure that you're protected while you're here. <laughs> Absolutely. They're, they're very protective. Um, I'm curious about what got you started on this path of, of, of being a business coach. I mean, were, were you like Lucy when you were a little girl charging five cents for business advice to your friends? Did you have a it's lemonade stand? You know, I wasn't, I did my fair share of lemonade stands. I did my fair share of, um, of like yard sales with friends. Um, but I honestly, I started my business coaching or my coaching journey as a dating coach for men. 
I was living in San Francisco at the time. And I'm sure any woman, any, any straight woman who is, you know, trying to date in San Francisco or has ever lived there in dating times, uh, can tell you it's a miserable task. It is one of the hardest places to places to find a relationship. And I really went into it. Speaking of trying to, you know, fix other people. I was like, I'm going to fix the men here. I'm I'm really going to make the dating pool so much better for all the women. And it's just, everyone's going to be grateful to me. And then I'll be able to like have this dating pool of humans that I've helped impact. And and hopefully they've learned from, you know, their friends how to be better. And then it's going to make my life better. Um, I always tell my clients, you know, picking a niche is a dance of the universe because I went out and was super brave about announcing that I was a dating coach for men. And I'll be honest, I got eight women clients and one dude. (laughs) The universe was like, heck no, you are not a dating coach for men. You're going to work with women. And it was funny because only one of my female clients uh, out of all of my clients decided to continue with the dating uh, topic in our sessions. Most of my clients were having struggles with how they were showing up at work and setting boundaries. And because that's what was getting in the way of them actually being able to have a personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I built a pretty successful practice, you know, doing, you know, I, I evolved into a leadership coach. I got trained as a leadership coach after that. Mm-hmm. And um, I built a pretty successful business. And that's when a lot of my colleagues that I'd been trained with were like, wait a minute, how did you do that so quickly? How, <laughs> how are you charging this much? How are you attracting these clients? How are you getting them? How are your systems set up? And I started showing them just kind of in my spare time. And I realized I liked it so much more Hmm. and it was so impactful. And they, they started insisting on paying me for it. And I was like, well, okay, I I should probably make this a part of my business. And I found that that kind of work was so much more fulfilling to me because I honestly feel like I teach alchemy. In my work, you know, how do you turn words into gold? I'll show you. Right, 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 right. (laughs) What I I love about your story is how, and so many of us are like this, right? We start off, we think, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want. And we have this kind of vision of, of, of what it means for us to do our work. And then it's like life shows up and says like, yeah, I don't think so really. Instead of going that way, you really need to go this way. And it's like when we pay attention and we're present to that and we listen to it, life becomes much more fulfilling. But when we struggle against it, it's like, no, 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 I have to do this. This is my thing. And then it's like, we're fighting with life and that makes everything much more challenging. No, a hundred percent. And it really does take, a strong dose of bravery to admit, oh, I think I got it wrong. Mm. I think I got it wrong. I think I probably yeah. need to be a little more flexible and maybe do something different. Yeah. And it's it's one of the skills that is most uh, treasured to entrepreneurs is you have to admit when you're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And pivot. Absolutely. Yeah, totally, totally. And if, if anything, the last two years and two and a half years <laughs> have taught us, you really need to learn how to pivot. Um, okay, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to get into why bravery is such an important part of what you teach people. And, you know, we've already mentioned it a couple of times. And and I just want to know, like, have you always been so brave? Because, you know, when you meet someone who's brave, it's like you think like, oh, my God, they've always been like that. 
Um, I do see Patty on the Facebook Live, loyal listener Patty, checking in from Idaho today. Patty, you know, you're always traveling. You're never in the same place twice. It's like every week you're someplace different. I'm so <laughs> inspired by you. Okay, so everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook through our Facebook live stream. And we will be right back with Katie McDonald. Manus after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, Katie, so uh, bravery seems to be a big part of what you are about and what you teach people. Have you always been brave? Uh, yes and no. Ah. It, it depends on um, you know, the circumstances. I think mm-hmm. I was always brave in advocating for myself when and advocating for others. So for instance, in school, like no one got bullied in my vicinity. You know, just I wasn't having it. Um, but in standing up for what I really wanted and for going for what I really wanted, I was the biggest wimp. Mm. Um, when I started my, my career, I bounced around a lot in my twenties. I actually started off as a sommelier in San Francisco. And so I moved out there, got trained, got certified, and I actually got offered a job very quickly after the, the, the program where I got to be an assistant sommelier at this very, um, highly renowned restaurant in San Francisco under a wine director who is, who is very highly celebrated. Um, and I turned it down. 
I turned it down to be a server at a restaurant that was, you know, fine. Um, But Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, like, what if I'm not ready for it? What if I can't handle it? What if I don't know everything? And that was kind of the story of my career. I was always very good. I I went from sommelier to um, basically to sales of a lot of different things. And I would be offered these promotions and I, I wouldn't believe in myself. And I constantly, you know, I had coaches on and off throughout my 20s. And I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. But no one's going to listen to me. I'm too young. I don't know anything, you know? And it really, it took me, um, I was in a car accident, actually, and had a really serious concussion um, Uh, for me to realize, like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do this. Right. You know, I'm never going to feel ready. There's no such thing as feeling ready to do something before you've done it half a dozen times. Right. Right. You know, it's kind of interesting how sometimes it takes something to like shock us, to wake us up. That's like, I, no, I got to stop like peddling around this. I really just got to take the plunge and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the thing I remind my clients is that when they're being their bravest, it doesn't feel good in the moment. Hmm. You know, we imagine that gladiator in the arena, you know, yeah. he's not being like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. He's looking around at someone else getting mauled by a lion Right. You know, he's hearing the crowd that's calling for him to die. He's facing right. off, you know, a bunch of soldiers and maybe a tiger. That's right. not a good moment. Right. It's a right. good moment 30 minutes later when he survived. Right. <laughs> and right. he's like, oh, whew, that was really rough. Like, look at me. I, I made it. Um, right. But in the moment, it feels terrible. And we, if we can just get through those moments where it feels terrible, it feels like we're going to mm. die. You know, mm. for instance, you know, going live for the first time. Um, running your very first sales call, asking people to pay you money for something that you're so passionate about doing that you would do it for free. Those do not feel good the first you know, dozen times you do them. So what did you do to help you get over the fear that tends to stop us from being brave? I, I really had to get over this, this voice that I had going in my mind that was telling me if I was going to do it, I had to do it perfectly. You know, because I think this is what happens for people is we have a lot of really capable, fast learners who are used to starting something and being good at it immediately. And then when they come up against something that they're not immediately good at, they kind of they shrink back because they're like, oh, my God, well, if I'm not naturally good at this, you know, I like doing the stuff that I'm naturally good at. You know, the example I like to use is I'm terrible at push ups. I'm terrible (laughs) at them. I hate doing them and I hate doing them because I'm terrible at them. And right. every single personal trainer I've ever had, you know, is pointing to the, the reality that you only get good at them if you do them. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I have to have this argument with them. And it's the one thing I let myself keep is like, no, mm. no, no, no. Like, I don't want to do it until I can be really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so true. I love using the gym analogy as well, because when you go, you don't start lifting 250 pounds no. right away, right? You start with the five pound weight and then the 10 pound weight and then the 15 pound weight, and et cetera. And you build up over slowly over time. Exactly. Do you feel today in today's environment, the last couple of years, that how people are showing up in these kinds of situations where they need to be brave, are people more shy about being brave? Are people actually being braver because it's just like, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? You know, that's a great question. I think what I think bravery just looks different. In, in the world that we've kind of created through the pandemic and post-pandemic, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, for instance, you know, going on a speaking tour used to be literally hopping on a plane, going to different places, getting on stages in front of hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of people and speaking right. um, throughout the pandemic that that was defunct. That wasn't happening. Right. So virtual speaking tours are very much the thing now. And I don't think that's going away. I can't tell you right. how many um, events I've spoken at across the country where there were literally people gathered there. And I was just virtually zoomed in, mm. you know, oh, so interesting. like, so I the think, people, so the people were gathered, yes, but, but yeah. you delivered your talk virtually. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, and that's, that's a different kind of bravery. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a different kind of bravery just showing up authentically online versus going and networking. Right. Um, and I think, I think it's just changed. I think it's, it's changed for people, you know, the extroverts are having to learn how to do stuff that, you know, is not typical to them because they're so good normally just going and, and rubbing elbows with the right people. You know, I think this, yeah. this past two years has actually been a very strong advantage for the introverts out there. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I was just at an event this past weekend, a virtual event. There were people there from all over the globe. And the man who was running it, Iman, he was saying like, and, and I've seen him many times and he's a great speaker. He has a TEDx talk and he runs these events all the time, but he was saying, I'm an introvert. He says, it's much easier for me to do this and like do things to be the speaker than it is to like go hang it, go to a party and be with like 15 people. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I'm an extrovert. And a lot of my clients are introverts. And I think one of the reasons that I've been able to be so successful throughout the pandemic is I love creating spaces where they get to come together. They get to opt in for as many spaces or as few as they want, you know, but thank God for Zoom. Thank God for technology. I can't imagine going through a pandemic before the internet. Right, right. And and it's helped a lot. It's definitely not going away. I agree with you. I see things going more to like the hybrid model where certain aspects will be in person. Certain things will still be virtual. I mean, I had a conversation the other day with a couple of friends that like, because they're doing things virtual and it was at a virtual networking event, like now they're working, they used to only work with clients locally in the New York city area. And now they're working with clients across the country. And and the same is true of me running the radio station. Like I, I only, we used to do things in studio in Manhattan and everyone was local. Now I have hosts in England and Australia, across the United States and everywhere. It's, it's crazy. Um, so, uh, it's interesting how sometimes you get pushed into a situation that you don't really want to go into, but then ends up being for the best and and ends up, you know, you have all this um, opportunity that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Oh, a hundred percent. If it weren't for the pandemic and for being pushed online, um, I would not, I currently have clients from Hawaii to Saudi Arabia. Wow. I I don't know that I would have them if I, if the pandemic hadn't happened. Right. Right. What do you find? We just got a a couple of minutes before the next break. Um, What do you find was the most difficult part for your clients to to switch into this virtual world, to go from sort of being that in-person? Because I know a lot of like people who are speakers and and their whole business just imploded during the pandemic. But, But what was the hardest part to get people to pivot, to change, to embrace this new way of doing business? 
Oh, I mean, the hardest part I've seen and I continue to see is to have faith that you actually have something worth saying. You know, mm. that's to to be online, to grow your business in a in a virtual environment. You have to be visible. You can't just right. be there online. No one's going to know that you're there. Right. You know, you can be right. a lurker all you want and no one's going to know that you're there. If they don't know about you, then they can't give you their money. Right. Right. And so, you know, one of the the core things that I work on with my clients is we develop their thought leadership. Mm. And and I guarantee everyone who's listening that, you know, as boring as you think your life is, (laughs) you know, as uneventful your as your life has been, and hopefully that's that's a good thing. We don't want the big tragic events to be happening. You do have something worth saying. Yeah. You do have beliefs that people can feel aligned to and, and will be drawn to spend more time with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it really does boil down to bravery that you have to just put that stuff out there and, and let it be received. It, it, it's so interesting. You say that I'm, I'm about to next, not this 4th of July weekend, the following weekend, I'm going to this virtual event all about creating your message yeah. and the, the pre-work for this event is to sit down and write down all your memories oh yeah like that's like, a great one like from the time you're born up until today and like I'm in the middle of it I've only gotten up to college and I'm like oh my god I got a lot more to write after this I don't know how I'm <laughs> going to do it all before that's a lot of work but it's a lot it's a lot but it's 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 a very cathartic exercise so it's something that I that now that it's kind of been introduced to me this way, that now I'm kind of promoting it a lot and saying, hey, look, you know, try doing this. I think you, you'll find it really interesting. All right, uh, time for to take another break. When we come back, so let's talk about what are the unique challenges today, uh, as you talked about, like being a thought leader and the marketing end of things, like, like what is the mindset shift that people have to adapt to really thrive in today's environment? Okay, Katie? Yep. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We'll be right back with Katie McManus after this message is. Howdy. Hey, this is Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with business coach, uh, Katie McManus, talking all about be brave, not just in your business, but in your life. Um, so Katie, what, what things do people really need to be more brave about in this new environment, in this new world where we have to shift and, and change and, and, and you know, change is happening all the time, right? We don't even know what the world is going to be like next month, let alone next year. Yeah, you know, there there are three core things that I think are really important to talk about when we think about mindset shifts and when we think about setting ourselves up for success in, in building our own businesses. Um, first and foremost, you know, you have to own that you get to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the the biggest mistakes that new business owners make is that they think that they have to put on like their business persona Mm -hmm. and then they go out there and they're like this separate person. Um, No one's going to resonate with that. Yeah. No, like we are humans, humaning with other humans. We are seeking connection. Right. And if you're doing any kind of conscious business type, those connections have to be real. You know, so I'm super open that I'm absolutely obsessed with Harry Potter. You know, I'm at, I have a tattoo that's Harry Potter. My dog is named after a Harry Potter character. I make Harry Potter jokes. Like most of my sense of humor is based in the Harry Potter world. You will not think I'm funny unless you understand Harry Potter. Um, uh, obviously, so not cool. everyone is like that. There, right. But it makes... A, it makes me kind of memorable because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, a 34-year-old woman who's obsessed with Harry Potter. Um, and B, it, it allows those people who do like Harry Potter to kind of opt in and be like, oh my God, we have something in common. Right. It makes it so much easier for them to reach out to me. You know, so anything that makes you kind of weird or, you know, is something you're passionate about, go and share that. You know, it may have absolutely nothing to do with your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things that like either makes you far more memorable. And, I, right. and I'm a firm believer that we as small businesses don't have a marketing problem. We have a memorability problem. Uh, People have to, it's not like we're all sitting around wondering what we're going to spend our millions of dollars on our Super Bowl ad and which celebrity we're going to have pop out of a cake in that ad. <laughs> it's, that's not the conversation I'm having no. with my marketing team. I'm, no. I'm saying, cool, what, how are people going to remember me? when they need right. to have some support in building their business. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so own that and know that like anyone who does reject you for who you are and the things that you're interested in, they were never going to be your client to begin it, with. It, exactly. Exactly. And that's where that authenticity piece is so important. Like sometimes people are afraid, well, if I show people what I'm really like, then certain people aren't going to like me. And it's like, that's okay. 
the, the market is so huge. We don't have to serve everybody. We just have to serve the people who really resonate with us and who we resonate with. So I love that thing that you're like, you're so into Harry Potter because <laughs> it's just like, you know what? If someone doesn't get Harry Potter, someone doesn't like Harry Potter, they're not your people, right? Totally, totally. Um, and I think people get freaked out by that term authenticity now because we see so many people like sharing super vulnerable stories yeah. um, and you know, maybe we're not ready to do that ourselves. Maybe that, and maybe it's just not our personality that we want to share, you know, everything that's going on in our deepest, darkest corners of our soul. Mm. You don't necessarily have to do that. Right. You just have to kind of let people know what you're like to hang out with. Right. That's it. You know, how do you take your coffee? If everyone online knows how you take your coffee, Mm. you know, that already feels like a level of intimacy that they wouldn't have had otherwise. By the way, I take my coffee with enough milk um, mm-hmm. that it changes color. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, I let, my audience knows I'm a tea drinker. Like, okay, like during the go. winter time, I have a big mug of tea, you know, throughout my show. And I love all kinds of, you know, Chinese teas and flavored teas. Like, like you give me Lipton and like, I'm going to bark at you. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what is this garbage? Like it needs to be a decent, like at least give me an Earl Grey. Like don't right. just throw in English breakfast at me. I need, I need some real right. tea. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it, it's just be yourself is really, I guess, the message here. You know, and it's like if you're an animal lover, let people know you're an animal lover because then if they're an animal lover too, there's an instant bonding there. As a matter of fact, we have a whole show about that on our network. Yeah. Um, you know, and if anyone here is like loves animals and loves other people who are animals, tune in to the professional and animal lover shows on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern because it's all stuff talking about pets. And, and the idea behind it is people who like pets like to work with other people who like pets. A hundred percent. And that's true, not just for people who like pets, but people who like anything. It's right. finding that commonality. It, it's finding that thing that, that brings us together. Right. And, and well, so, and I think, I think this is true for the things that we care about, but it's also, you know, there's, there's so much squeamishness squeamishness can't say that word um in sharing our politics our religion all that Mm. stuff you know it depends on what the kinds of conversations you want to be having but know that sharing that stuff isn't going to lose you business that you're going to get anyway right 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 you know it's going to bring your people closer and, and that's a really important point because it's not about having to agree with everyone else you can share your views and, and the other person have different views, just make it okay that they think differently than, than they do. And that I think is one of the biggest problems is, is this demonization of people who think differently than us and, and this lack of acceptance. And what we need today more than ever before is building bridges and bringing people together. And, and we don't all have to agree on everything. But there's probably something we can agree on. I'm sure that if you talk with a person long enough, you'll find something in common with them. But we tend to focus on what's not in common, what's different rather than which divides us rather than focusing on what we have in common, which brings us together. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, that, that kind of takes me into, you know, the second shift that needs to happen. Um, we are, we are a very highly relationship-based species and -hmm. it's really natural when you start a business to want support of your family, your friends, 
people who've supported you throughout your career. Um, this is the hardest thing that I have to tell my clients is to stop asking people for advice who don't know what you're going through, <laughs> you know, because like their, their fears for themselves are like, whoa, don't go live on Facebook. What are people going right. to think? Right. You know, don't take on an ad in that newspaper. Like, oh, I mean, it's funny. My parents, they think they're being so helpful and they're the most supportive people. But every single time I have, I have showed them pictures or video of myself. They're like, you know, your hands, you hold them weirdly. Yeah. You know, like, that's not helpful, parents. Thank you. I love you both. I know you're well intentioned, uh, but that doesn't help me at all. You know? mm, that's so so we really, we really do have to find our business besties, you know, people right. who are uh, around the same level of progress as us that we right. get to turn to and commiserate and ask for advice and, and, you know, just have in our world to normalize right. the experience of starting your own business. Absolutely. Right. Like if, if you've been in business for three or four or five years, talk to business owners who've been in business for five or six years, you know, just a little bit ahead of you. If you're a professional working at an organization that it's a hundred person organization, find other people who work at hundred person organizations. If you're in this huge, you know, mega corporation, international conglomerate, find someone else who's in that same kind of environment because they're the ones who can relate and they're the ones who kind of go through the same kinds of things. So again, sort of finding your tribe is finding those people who can really relate to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm technically a CEO of my company. Mm-hmm. I probably don't have a whole lot in common with the CEO of Procter and Gamble, Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not going to be able to relate on a whole lot and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, I know some people like myself who are coaches and consultants who work with corporations and work with the C-suite executives. And I worked in corporations for about nine years. And that was like the shortest stint in my life. And like, I've been an entrepreneur and working with small businesses the vast majority of my life. And those are the people I love. So those are the people I want to work with. If you're a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and you've been in business three, four, five, six years, like you're my people, you're my tribe. And I think it's like, sometimes we're afraid to like say that because we think we're limiting ourselves. Right, And it's like, every time I go to a network, event and someone says oh I work with everybody I like cringe because that means you're working with nobody right absolutely even target doesn't market to everyone right you know and they're very very available to a bunch of different demographics right right Right. You know, and, and, and just picking a, a, a mark, it doesn't mean you're limiting yourself. It just means that's what you're focusing on. And I think that's the piece people often so, sort of miss is they think like, oh, but if I say that, then I'm limiting myself. And it's like, no, you're focusing. And, and when we focus, right, more happens. Right. You know, there's, um, you know, this idea that picking a niche is picking a demographic, you're not picking a demographic, you're, you're picking a set of needs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is one of the things that a lot of people need help with, because it's so hard to see. And so here's the third thing that there has to be a mindset shift. And I know we're, we have a couple minutes to the break. So I'll be quick, mm-hmm. is you have to own your skill gaps. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you've never run a business before, you've never done your own market research, right? You know, you don't know how to define this. You've never done your own marketing. You've never run your own sales calls. You never put an offer together. And I think there's this big expectation that we should just naturally know how to do this. And I don't know about you, but I did not come out of the uterus knowing calculus or, (laughs) or chemistry. Like I got to high school and I had to read the book and I had to listen to the lectures and I had to do all the projects. 
It's the same when it comes to building a business, when you're, when you're starting, don't have this expectation that you should already know this stuff because no one already knows this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it, you know, and it's what keeps us alive. It's what makes life fun. It's like, to me, it's like you, I'm always wanting to learn to grow because once you stop learning, you're dying. Yeah, but but while you still keep that beginner's mindset of oh, what do I need to learn about this, or what do I learn to like that? How can I be better at this? Like that's what really helps. I I see loyal listener Sanaya on the Facebook Live says business besties love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sanaya, thank you. All right, listen, let, let, let's go to the. Believe it or not, this is our last break of the show. It's, it's time flies when you're when you're having so much fun. Um, when we come back, I'd love to know. What are your biggest challenges today? Like, like what is challenging you today? And where do you see life kind of taking you, at least in the immediate future? Um, just to give our audience an idea, you know, where, where Katie is going, okay? Absolutely. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc. And we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. To the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Katie McManus. So, Katie, what are your biggest challenges today? <laughs> I know my team is going to be listening to this, and they're if I don't <laughs> say this, they're going to call me out on it. Um, so, I have ADHD. I get very excited about things, and I launch stuff last minute. And 
you know, I have an idea for a webinar and basically I host it the next day and, and, you know, all this stuff. I have an idea for a program and I launch it the next week. The bigger your business grows, the more planning has to go into this. (laughs) And so my biggest challenge that my team is being so supportive and patient with me, and I'm so grateful to them for giving me all the, um, the tools that I need to do this is to stop laying the track as the tra- as the train is coming. <laughs> you know, I, I right, love right, like right. that. <laughs> I'm sure so you can relate. relate. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that phrase. I have to steal that phrase from you. <laughs> I stole it from Shonda Rhimes, her, her book uh, Year of Yes. That's uh, how okay. she describes um, how they would put out every Grey's Anatomy episode. Uh, the train is coming and you have to just keep laying the track. You have to keep writing scripts, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I read that and I'm like, oh my God, I, that's how I run my life. Mm-hmm. And how you do one thing is how you do everything, everything right. right? And so I think, I think it'll be so much better for my life in general when I stop doing things this way and mm-hmm. I'm able to plan a little bit more and stick to the plan and do a lot of the pre-work. So, so if that's the way you are, I'm curious, are those the kinds of clients you attract? Uh, yes and no. Um, so I have ADHD and I'm very open about it. I tend Mm -hmm. to attract a lot of my clients who also have ADHD. It's really Mm -hmm. common with that, that, um, neurodiversity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there is, uh, we do excellent when there's a deadline. So we create deadlines for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when our best thinking happens, we're huge procrastinators. Um, Mm -hmm. I also attract clients who are magnificent planners, you know, and so it's so much fun for me to work with clients who, who have that skill because I'm able to tell them, here's how I, I were in your shoes and I were building this, you know, for you. These are all the steps that I would do if I weren't this person that I am. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, now you said it that way, I'm curious, who is your favorite client to work with and who's your most challenging client to work with? Oh, um, my favorite client to work with is um, uh, the the type of client who kind of knows what they want, you know, but isn't married to how it's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because what's that saying? Like God laughs while we make other plans, while we're yes, making plans. Yes, you know, yes. we make plans and God laughs. Yes, um, exactly. So it's it's the client who's willing to show up and try this and try this and try it again and try it again. And who will be honest with me when they're like, well, I tried it once and it didn't work out. Mm. And so I don't want to try it again. And lets me push them on that. Mm. You know, I have one client who absolutely hates hosting webinars because the first few webinars that you host, you know, no one shows up to because you haven't trained your audience that you're the type of person who hosts webinars. Right. You know, and so your audience is seeing it and they're like, oh, how neat that so-and-so is hosting a webinar. I'll try to make, make the next one. And the next one rolls around. They're like, oh, shoot, I'm busy at that time, you know, and then the third, fourth, fifth, then they can finally make it and they can start showing up to your stuff. Right. But you have to, you have to stick with it. You have to be willing to have zero people show up on a Zoom. Yep. I've had that happen to me. Exactly. I've had that that happen to me. A a couple of years ago, I launched my podcast training class called Podcast Your Passion. Mm -hmm. 
First time I launched it, a lot of people was great. Second time, not quite as many people. Third time, nobody showed up. I was like, right. oh, what's going on? But now I've, I'm relaunching it. I've changed it around. I've, I've worked with a gentleman who's great at creating online courses and reformulated it. I just relaunched it, had a great class, and I'm going to be doing it again in September. And so now it's like laying out all the groundwork, talking to people, creating JV partners, getting the funnel done, you know, yep. all this stuff to now really build it like a real business so yeah um it's 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 again don't let the don't let the people not showing up it sounds like we're saying stop you from still pursuing it because eventually you will find a way to get people to show up absolutely and and really like if you are inviting people to a space where you're going to be selling something you you can't worry about selling that thing yet you have to your one job is to get butts and seats for that thing. Right, 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 right. That's, that's it. And I think people get really hung up on, oh, well, I'm, I have to promote the thing that I'm selling. Well, people don't know that they have to show up for the webinar then. Mm, right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. They need yeah. to know about, and, and, you know, one of the biggest changes I've seen in the last couple of years, and, and it's funny because I've always been like this, but I didn't hear all these online marketers talking about it until after the pandemic hit, where they were like, stop doing the high pressure sales, you know, share value, add value, just, just put yourself out there and you'll attract the people who want to work with you and stuff. And I've been like, I've been saying that for years, yeah. but it took a pandemic and everyone going virtual for most people to start saying that. What, what do you find these days is most effective for business owners to attract clients, not, not the pushy sales stuff, but what actually helps people to bring people in? Yeah, well, um, I'm anti pushy sales. My actually, I'm, I've, I've designed my own sales training. It's called holistic selling because it really focuses on the whole person, that whole relationship with them. And at the end, if they're not the right client for you, you do not invite them to be your client. Uh, you know, okay. so it's, it's very relationship based. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the lazy webinar, <laughs> you know, um, I, so for instance, so I what do you mean by the business. lazy webinar? Yeah. I know what a <laughs> webinar is. What's a lazy webinar? <laughs> it's a term I kind of made up. Um, so during the pandemic, I started hosting every Friday, this being brave call. Okay. And it's kind of evolved. Now it's every first and third Friday of the month. And it's now called brave business labs. Okay. And it's literally an open Q&A call that people in my world can show up to for free and ask me, you know, very literal questions about what they're doing in their business and what they should be doing next. Mm -hmm. And I'll give them the answer, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes I'll ask a question that like, it, you know, is too big of a question to answer on the call. And then there's an invitation for them to, to join me on a generate income strategy call. And at that point, if they're the perfect client for me, I'll tell them, you know, about mm -hmm. my programs, if they're interested, mm -hmm. you know, but this is something that I have seen work so well because it shows value. It shows generosity. Um, it creates community. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a firm believer that when you host a space, so yeah. say you have a barbecue and you introduce a bunch of people who become friends, they're always going to talk about how they met at your party. Yep. You know, when, when you host spaces online that are value driven, 
whatever whatever smart thing that gets said there gets credited back to you even if it right. came out of someone else's mouth you know exactly. it's so funny how that happens i get quoted a lot for stuff that i mm. never said <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely i mean that's one of the wonderful things about hosting a show on the network i interview great people like you who say amazing things and people think i said them <laughs> great yeah and i hope you get credited for all the smart things i've dropped today <laughs> uh, so I, I posted the link to your website and our, yes. our Facebook live, but just let people know who are listening or maybe listening to the podcast could be, you know, tomorrow or weeks from now. Um, how can people learn more about you? How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So going to my website's a great start. Um, I have an invitation, an open invitation on that website to the Brave Business Labs um, open uh, coaching call. If you would like to come, um, there actually is one tomorrow. Um, and if they did want to find me, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. That's really where I've built my business. It's where I go live. Um, and I, I show up there a lot. And I'm always happy to connect and support other people who are growing their business on LinkedIn. Wonderful, wonderful. So before we finish, what does the future hold for Katie McManus? Yeah, so I'm really scaling my business at this point. Um, I love working one-on-one -on -one with clients, but I also want my work and my expertise to be available um, in not as an expensive way. So I have my BYOB uh, Build Your Own Business group program. Oh. Um, that's launched at the beginning of this year and that's going phenomenally. It's rolling enrollment and mm -hmm. I'm really excited for that. Um, and then I'm, I'm developing a digital course of holistic selling where it's that no oh. pressure relationship-based, um, uh, training and it's short to the point. Um, I'm hoping this will free up my time so that I can travel a lot more. Um, oh. I have, I have a 63 pound sheepadoodle dog named Luna Lovegood. Oh. And the goal <laughs> is to spend six months with her in Europe every year. Oh you know, throughout the winter and then to come back and spend the summer on Cape Cod. And I'm based out of Philadelphia most of the time. So the shoulder months uh -huh. I'll be there, okay. but uh, to really travel and work at the same time. Uh, okay. Well, if you ever make it to New York city, come look me up, but I will, but, but not during the summer. Cause I'm actually on the West coast right now. So I'm in, oh, beautiful. I'm in San Diego, but um, I'll be back in September in New York City. So if you make it up to New York City, let me know. We'll get together for a cup of tea and coffee somewhere. I, I would love that. I would love uh, that. And I have some teas in mind that I think you'll really like. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Now I'm excited. <laughs> now I'm excited. Now we have to do this. All right, Katie. Well, thank you so much. Again, her website is her name, Katie McManus, K-E-T-I-E-M-C-M-A-N-U-S. It's posted in the Facebook Live, which you can find <clears throat> on facebook.com slash Talk Radio NYC and on uh, Facebook.com slash Inspired Thoughts with Sam. So thank you all for tuning in this week. I, I appreciate you, Katie, for taking the time out of your busy schedule for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having you. me. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in. Uh, Sanaya, Patty, I'm sure William is out there somewhere. Um, and uh, remember, if you missed any part of today's show and you want to catch it, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And we're on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, just about anywhere you, there are there are podcasts, you can find the Conscious Consultant Hour. And if you find a podcasting platform we're not on, let me know. Email me and I will make sure to get on that one. 
Uh, next week coming up, it's one of those me only shows. So no guests next week. I'm just going to be riffing on the topic. Don't know what I'm going to be talking about yet. Um, but uh, it's going to be all about me and you, my audience. So please tune in and let me know what your questions and what you're looking for. Thank you all for tuning in today. Remember later today, 5 p.m. is uh, Frank about health with Frank Harrison and his guest, Greek the Gray. And tomorrow we have philanthropy and focus and always Friday. And then Monday, of course, we start over again. At, um, with uh, the mind behind leadership and the edge of every day. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care. I will talk to you all next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.